ESPN. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. And we're getting you set tonight with all the wagering and fantasy information you need for the NBA, MLB, golf. Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Bet LA with Anita Marks right now. What's up? What's up? It is Bet LA here on 710 ESPN. Anita Marks with you, uh, getting you ready for a lot happening. A lot of people feel like, oh, after the football season, after March Madness, um, humdrum, not a lot going on. I beg to differ. Obviously, we're in the midst of the NBA postseason, and uh, Lakers fans have to be thrilled about that. Uh, We're going to do a deep dive into this Lakers-Golden State Warriors series, so stay tuned for that. Um, As we know, the Lakers getting one over there in the Bay Area. Only the 13th time this season the Golden State Warriors have lost on their home court and to the Lakers uh, last night, so that is huge for them because another thing, not only are the Golden State Warriors just so good at home, they are equally as horrible on the road. So do you expect them to win at the uh, Crypto.com Arena? I do not. So I do like the Lakers to win this series, and I'm anticipating a Denver Nuggets-Lakers Western Conference Championship. But we're going to dive into all that. Um, also, Greg Wyshynski, the puck daddy, is going to join us. We'll talk some NHL which, by the way, let's get you up to speed on what's going on tonight. Uh, full disclosure, I had the Devils winning tonight. Uh, unfortunately, they lost. In fact, they got their butts handed to them by the uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. 5-1 in that series. Uh, I want to say the Hurricanes put up like four goals in, in uh, maybe like three goals in the first period, a total of four goals in the second period. So Devils were able to turn around in the third period, but obviously – you're down by that much. Chances are, um, especially in the postseason, uh, you're you're not going to catch wind. So anyway, uh, Devils down 1-0 in the series, but I still like the Devils to win this series. We'll talk about this with Greg Wyshynski as well as Stormy Bonantani during the show. So we'll get you locked and loaded. Uh, a lot of scoring going on tonight. We're just what? We still have like 12 minutes left in the first period and the uh, the Edmonton Oilers in the Las Vegas Golden Knights already both on the board, tied up 1-1. Tonight's kind of, I don't know, it's weird. It's kind of awkward. But nonetheless, uh, we're going to get you locked and loaded for a number of these NHL series um, that are, uh, we're, we're, you know, obviously we're in round two here of the NHL uh, postseason. So uh, buckle up, we'll get you locked and loaded. In regard to Major League Baseball, um, my best bet Baltimore Orioles, and they got their. I'm, I'm not having a great night. I, I'm really. And by the way, we've got Tyler and Rebecca who produced the show. Uh, Tyler and Rebecca, welcome in. Welcome in. Hey, I, don't, hey, I, hey. I mean, listen, Hello. I'm someone very. Listen, you guys know me, right? We've been working together for quite a while. Full transparency. Like I don't BS anyone. Like I'll tell. Like I'll tell you where my money is. I don't. And my money was on the Orioles. Actually, this was my best bet tonight on Daily Wager. Um, they had Zach Grinke on the bump for the or for, for the Kansas City Royals. Royals one in thirteen at home, heading into this game tonight. The Orioles they had just won their twentieth game last night. They were down three zero. They came back. They had Kyle Gibson on the bump for them. He was four and zero on the season. Uh, his ERA nothing to write home about, but still, 
man, this was my best bet, and the Orioles got their butts handed to them tonight, 6-0 to arguably the worst team in Major League Baseball, the Kansas City Royals that are sitting there at 8-23. So I, I don't know. Tonight's just nuts, guys. Tonight yeah. is just nuts. It's been crazy, but it's been fun to watch. It has. Yankees did take care of the Guardians for three. Good to see them get back into the win column. They have been struggling. Who would have thunk at this point in time in the season they would be in the bottom, the cellar dweller of the American League East? Not me. Uh, but sure enough, they are at seven. At seven. Oh, don't you Poor feel Yankees. bad? <laughs> That was, seventeen that was, and that was fifteen. Hostile. What do you mean? It that was, was hostile, Tyler. That was no. hostile. <laughs> do we need to have a mediation? Hey, I'm what, okay with the, the Yankees you, you not like, doing like well. The, okay. You like the Tigers, right? Who's your team again? No, I'm a, I'm a Red Sox fan. Red Sox. Oh, that's what it's about. That's what it's about. Did the Red Sox play tonight? I can't be sure. Hold they, on. Let me look. I think the game just ended. I don't see if the, it hasn't ended, it's about to, and they're gonna win. Oh, they're. Yeah, they're beating the Blue Jays, bottom of the eighth right now. Look at you. Yeah, yeah, this okay. team's exciting. It's an exciting team. Everybody thought they were for sure dead last place AL East team, and they are fighting. Love to see it. All I have to say is, what was and and Rebecca, I think you were on maternity leave when we were when we were just getting ready for the Major League Baseball season to start, and I was telling folks, do not sleep on the Arizona Diamondbacks. I love this Diamondbacks team. Uh, they uh, they beat the Rangers. Uh, tonight and the Rangers have been playing extremely well this season they beat the Rangers 12 to 7 tonight so um, the Diamondbacks right now 17 and 14 I want to say the over under Tyler that the over in wins for the Diamondbacks was my best futures bet heading into this year's Major League Baseball season and I want to say it was either at like 82 and a half or 84 and a half so they are on their way to surpassing that over yeah. Which is tremendous. Diamondbacks so, are a great again, pick. Again, the Diamondbacks. Young team, exciting. Thank you. Uh, they're, they're super dynamic. Um, man, Corbin Carroll, he is so exciting to watch. He's so versatile. He's so quick. He, he's got power in his bat. He's going to be the leader of that squad for a while. Did you just give me a compliment? I think you just gave me a compliment. Dude. I said that you made a great pick. Yeah, that did just happen. Oh, we yeah. don't need mediation anymore. Yeah. Good job, guys. <laughs> teamwork that's really nice look at us i think i think i think that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me in your entire life no way um so <laughs> i'm playing so uh so uh, those are some nba uh some major league baseball plays for you but more importantly maybe i buried the lead here and that is the boston celtics up on the philadelphia 76ers 114 to 81 hey now now, if you watch me on Daily Wager earlier tonight, shameless plug, not so shameless. We're on Monday through Friday, typically 6 to 7. Tonight we were on at 5 o'clock. Um, my best bet here was the Celtics, first half minus 5, and that did hit. They've been scorching hot in the first half in the postseason, averaging 66 60 to, to 67 points in the first half through their, their first seven games. They're shooting over 40% from behind the arc. Um, a big reason why they lost game one, turnovers. I, I truly, and, and listen, with all due respect to the 76ers, and, and, and I'll get into big picture here and in, in what I'm feeling based on what I've seen tonight so far. There's about two minutes left in the game. 
And uh, but but going back to game one, no Embiid, Harden had to ball out, and sure enough, he did. As we know, he put up 40, 45 points. But more importantly, um, this is a 76ers team. They only had nine percent of their possession of their possessions uh, had turnovers. Only nine percent. That's ninety fifth percentile. It's ridiculous. Meanwhile, Boston seventeen point eight. So you talk about opposite ends of the spectrum. So the 76ers in game one won the turnover battle 16-6. to six. Really, really impressive. On top of that, their offensive efficiency was 133.7. Just marinating that for a minute. No, like, it's just, it was an out, in my opinion, it was an outlier game. And not to take, I, I love Maxi. Harden was an absolute beast. But you had to expect some regression. I just didn't expect this amount of regression again the Celtics are up 114 to 81 right now um Embiid 15 points only three rebounds as we know Embiid is coming in a much more serious knee injury than what was first anticipated he had to play tonight with a knee brace oh boy for a guy who just won the MVP and a lot of people feeling that the 76ers would represent the east in the eastern conference championship I, I beg to differ. You've got to really have second thoughts right now based on how you saw Embiid play because here's what's going to happen, and, and, and Rebecca and Tyler, please feel free to chime in because here's what I think is going to happen. Like You've got Embiid, the MVP of the league. He's dealing with a bum knee. Do you tell him not to play? Like, you know, I think one can make an argument that the 76ers team is actually better without him on the court since he's not 100%, let alone maybe not, I wouldn't even say watching him play tonight, he was like lumbering around. He's not even like 50%. Do you tell the MVP of the league, we don't need you at 50% because you're you're hurting this team more than helping this team, only able to put up 81 points tonight, as 83 right now as it stands with less than two minutes left in the game? That's a tough, that's a tough conversation to have. For Doc, so yeah, I think I think if whoa. it were me, those difficult conversations have to happen, right? You you've spent your whole season getting to where you are. You can attribute a lot of where you are to Joel Embiid, and for that you thank him and you appreciate him and you let him know how valuable he is. But it ultimately boils down to making the right decision and making it at the right time. And once you're in the playoffs, the the window of time that you have to make the right decision shrinks tremendously and so I think that if you're looking at grand scheme if you're looking at what are we trying to achieve here and obviously we're trying to achieve a championship where are the benefits coming from and where are the detriments coming from and while Joel Embiid again is a big reason why this team made it this far if he's not being the guy that they need him to be and they can afford to not have him be on the court then I think that you have to make that call. Now, again, without Embiid, are you expecting Harden to pull a Devin Booker and score 45 points a game? No, at least I'm not. But I think this is a 76ers team that can be a little bit more, a lot more competitive against the Boston Celtics uh, without a lumbering. And, and again, if, if you're in your car, I know there's a lot of traffic in L.A., maybe you haven't been home yet. When you watch the highlights, boy, um, it just does not look good. So for folks out there that were feeling really confident the 76ers were going to represent the East, uh, you might want to rethink that for sure. Uh, Anita Marks with you. You're listening to Bet LA. 
here on 710 ESPN. We come back, let's do a deeper dive into the Lakers Golden State Warriors series next, right here again on 710 ESPN. Right now, let's get back to Bet LA and back to Anita Marks. Welcome back to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN. Andy Kamineski joins us to talk about the Lakers. You can see him on ESPN. He's got his own Lakers blog and on Sportsnet. So, Andy, great to have you on. Um, first and foremost, before we start talking about the series against the Golden State Warriors, uh, it's been unbelievable the night and day difference with this team since the trade deadline. Um, if you can kind of elaborate on that and, and what you think, uh, kind of pinpoint for us all the difference uh, that this team has made and, and how they're playing since the trade deadline. Well, I mean, it's truly a different team. Like, Everything that happened basically from the acquisition of Rui Hachimura, which was a couple weeks before the trade deadline, everything before that and then certainly like onward doesn't really matter for the Lakers in terms of a comparison thing. Like They are two entirely different teams. The rotation now features four or five different players than it did at the beginning of the season. They've become one of the best defensive teams in the league. Um, the pieces just make much more sense together, and it's a lot easier for Darvin Ham to come up with lineups that make sense, where the skill sets complement each other. And they also really, you can tell this, and it happened very quickly, very organically, they really like playing with each other, and they like playing for each other. Like, this is a group that by all things I've heard and certainly by all outward appearances has grown very tight, very quickly. And it's showing in the way that they're playing. They, they, they've been playing as well as anybody in the Western conference over the last couple months. It, it really is unbelievable. And you talk about their defense. I would say that, you know, we saw really good defense with the Knicks Cavs series uh but i would say i i would i i think one could could argue that the lakers have the best defense of all the teams still remaining in the postseason so with that being said as we know the lakers took one from the golden state warriors on their own home court which doesn't happen often they only have 13 losses at home a big reason was because of ad 30 points 23 rebounds four blocks the lakers had 32 paints in the point in the first half Talk about the significance and the postseason that AD is having right now. Well, I mean, this, first of all, to put those 30 points, 23 rebounds in perspective, he joins this group of folks who've had those numbers for the Lakers in the playoffs. Will Chamberlain, Elgin Baylor, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Shaquille O'Neal. Like, that's some pretty serious company right there and ad throughout these playoffs you know his his offense has at times come and gone you know last night was absolutely incredible i mean you know he was he was what really got the offense for the lakers back on track after a slow start he had i believe 25 points in the first half he was absolutely unbelievable and from the start of the playoffs to where we are now 
and you could see all of this illustrated in the win over Golden State. His defense, Anita, has been otherworldly. I mean, it's been absolutely incredible, whether you're talking about his ability to block shots, bother shots in the lane, just intimidate people from even wanting to shoot in the paint, um, his rebounding, which is really going to be important, the defensive rebound and keeping Kevon Looney off the offensive glass. You don't want Golden State getting extra possessions. But Anthony Davis is also capable of switching out on the perimeter. You know, he down the stretch of last night's game, he had a block on Steph in space. He had a block backpedaling on Andrew Wiggins in the lane. I'm not – this is not hyperbole. I'm not sure I've ever seen a block like this. It was – it was almost the equivalent, I've seen it described this way before, of like a no-look block. He, he was backpedaling and essentially reached behind himself and managed to get all ball on a driving Andrew Wiggins. He just When Anthony Davis is at the top of his game, there's nobody like him defensively, I think, in the league, like in terms of who can do that many different things at such a high level and that you can build a defense around in so many different ways. It's it's really been unbelievable. And and you know, listen, I, I don't believe that Green and Looney is going to have an answer for him in this series, uh, not not like they did against Sabonis. But even more importantly, like I, I think the way that we saw AD play against Jaron Jackson, who you know, no, not arguably, we know is one of the best defensive players in the league. Really, really, really impressive. Uh, right now, because this is a gambling show, right, Andy? Uh, right now, if, if folks out there feel really strongly, really good about the Lakers making it to the championship and potentially winning it, you can get AD right now to win the finals MVP at 11 to 1. 11 to 1. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I would say if the Lakers end up winning the championship, you know, never say never, weird. Things can happen. You know, Andre Iguodala won finals MVP that one year. And I don't mean that as a slight against him. I just mean if you were heading into that series, Iguodala is not the guy that I think anybody would have expected to win. You would think Steph, maybe Clay. Um, so in that sense, like, that's how I'm defining unusual. And obviously LeBron is always going to be somebody at least potentially in the mix. But for the Lakers to win a championship – save something truly unexpected, Anthony Davis has to be their best player. Like, I, I don't think that they can go three more total rounds and win a championship without Anthony Davis being pretty decisively their best player on pretty close to a game-in, game-out basis. Um, and then, you know, once you're in the finals and you're meeting the best team in the East, again, never say never. But I would be very surprised if he is not the finals MVP should the Lakers end up winning it all. Yeah, I, I hear you, Andy. Um, uh, now, just looking more microcosm, right, like in regard to this series, uh, you, you talked about the defense that AD brings to the table and, and just how dominant he is in the paint. This is why I do believe the Lakers will win the series. And by the way, you can get that at minus 165 Golden State to win the series. is plus 140. And that is uh, Steve Kerr's offense is all about balance, right? And, and, and just how dominant AD has been in the paint. This is a Golden State Warriors team. Game one, they took 53 shots from behind the arc. That's just not going to get it done, in my opinion. I, you know, I, I'm, 
I'm I feel really good that the Lakers are going to uh, are going to win this series. Another thing is, of course, as we talked about uh, for the last few months, let alone the, the entire season, is how horrible Golden State is on the road. So curious to get your thoughts, big picture in regard to the series. Well, I mean, my official pick, whether you're talking about on uh, recently the Mason and Ireland show where you and I have talked before, and I've been sitting in either for Steve Mason or John Ireland, or on the Locked on Lakers podcast, which I co-host um, as part of the Locked on Network, um, Locked on Podcast Network, my official pick was Lakers in seven. Um, and I realize that means, by definition, the Lakers winning on the road um, in one of the toughest buildings in the league against one of the most experienced tested cores in the league. But, you know, LeBron has done it before. 2016, they won that championship in the Bay Area in Game 7. And I I feel like it's going to be a very hard-fought, very, frankly, entertaining series. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I, You can tell that LeBron, you know, representing the Lakers and, like, Steph, Clay, Draymond, there's a real mutual respect and admiration. Like, you know, it's obviously going to get heated. There will be times where emotions boil over. But this isn't like the Lakers in the first round against the Grizzlies or, frankly, every team in the league against the Grizzlies. Like, it's not, it's not a hostility. Like, I think both sides really, really respect each other and admire each other. And I say that because I think it's going to lead to the best version of both of these teams. Like, I think they recognize beyond wanting to advance – I think they recognize it's amazing to be in a series like this, and it brings out a little extra juice on both sides. So I, I feel good about you know, the way the Lakers can attack the Warriors. You know, I think they're going to be able to keep getting to the paint and getting to the free throw line because it's what they've done. E- even pre-trade deadline, the Lakers were a team that got to the line a lot. Um, their defense is real. Um, they are in particular very good at limiting threes in terms of makes. Um, you know, I, I think Golden State is going to offer a little more variety as the series goes along. And as hot as they can get from behind the arc and as much as that is a weapon for them, you are correct that you, you can't take 53s a game. Like, I, I just – there's too much imbalance there. If nothing else, it's going to rob you of opportunities to get to the line yourself. But, you know, they're – Steph bends defenses more than any player currently in the league. I would argue as much as any player all time. I mean, just his effect on a defense to bend it and often break it and to just make you feel deflated. You know, when you do the best defense against him, you possibly can for 23 seconds and then it gets up that three anyway. Um, But I, I feel good about where the Lakers are right now, and I felt reasonably good about it before they won game one. Andy, before we let you go, uh, let's look big picture here. I have the Nuggets potentially sweeping the Suns with the news that uh, that Chris Paul has a groin injury. I just don't understand the disrespect with the Denver Nuggets, especially with the odds makers out there. Now they finally have, uh, have, have woken up. Uh, the Denver Nuggets plus 130 to win the Western Conference, but the Lakers plus 220. I'm anticipating a Lakers-Denver Nuggets Western Conference championship. How do you think the Lakers match up against Denver? You know, they've done well against Denver even before the trade deadline. Um, it's The Lakers are a tricky team 
in a lot of ways to try to peg how how they'll do against whoever just because there's been so much change in the roster and then on top of it so many injuries that often the sample size feels wonky and, and it, it doesn't feel like there's much to, to glean from it. But that being said, you know, if anybody in the league is capable of giving Nikola Jokic problems on both sides of the ball, it's Anthony Davis. Um, the Lakers have good defenders that they can throw at Jamal Murray, at Michael Porter Jr. Um, you know, they, they can stay on KCP, chase him around screens. Um, they are difficult to score against in the paint. And, you know, that's where Jokic is going to look to do his damage. You know, Denver's good, though. I mean, I, I agree with you. I think they've been underrated this whole season. I actually think the debate that had grown against Jokic possibly getting a third straight MVP and, frankly, the backlash over that possibility, I think has led to a lot of people just just discounting Denver in general and, and there being kind of a backlash against that team. And I know they've had some playoff flameouts, but they've also been without key guys like Jamal Murray or, or Michael Porter Jr. or both. Um, but the last time they had the team full strength, they went to the Western Conference Finals in 2020. The Lakers took them out. Um, but this team now is better defensively, adding KCP, adding Bruce Brown. Um, Aaron Gordon has turned into a very good wing defender. They're legit. Like, it would not shock me at all if Denver came out of the West. It wouldn't shock me at all if Denver won the whole thing. They're good. Andy, thank you so much for spending some time with us uh, this evening. Really, really do appreciate it. Uh, you rock, my friend. Thank you. Uh, anytime. Thank you. You got it. Um, Andy Kamenetsky joining us again, uh, contributes to ESPN. He's got his own Lakers blog and Sportsnet. Again, the Lakers to win the series, minus 165, Golden State plus 140. Uh, Lakers to win the title right now, 5-1, to one, third behind the Celtics and the Nuggets. LeBron MVP, plus 650, behind Tatum and Jokic. But I'm telling you, and Andy agrees with me, AD to win the finals MVP. If you do believe that the Lakers will make it to the finals, 11-1. to one. I would jump on that right now. Hang tight. The Puck Daddy, Greg Wyshynski, joins us next. Let's talk some NHL when we get back right here on Bet LA 710 ESPN. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks. Right now, let's get back to Bet LA and back to Anita Marks. That is me here on 710 ESPN. Um, we're going to switch gears here and talk some NHL. Earlier tonight, the Carolina Hurricanes uh, beat the New Jersey Devils 5-1. So that series just getting started. I still like the Devils. I think they're young. They're fun. They're fast. They're an aggressive offense. Um, Schmidt, they made the change midway through their series against the Rangers in regard to their goaltender. Uh, granted, he gave up five goals tonight. That's no bueno. But nonetheless, um, I, I still like the Devils in this series. Uh, right now, into the first period in the Golden Knights, uh, they are up on the Edmonton Oilers 3-2. A lot of people picked the Oilers to win the Stanley Cup this season. Greg Wyshynski, a.k.a. the Puck Daddy, one of the best in the business. Uh, you can see him all over the ESPN platforms, especially now that uh, hockey is in playoff mode, was kind enough to join me earlier today on my bet gambling show. 
to uh, take a deep dive and a look into the NHL playoff series, really, really pretty much round two in where we're at right now. Let's listen in. All right, so let's bring in the puck daddy. Now, uh, Greg, uh, the books here have me really confused, right? Toronto wins one postseason series in 19 years, and, you know, they're crowned, right? Uh, the, the favorite to win the Stanley Cup. Then Boston gets eliminated. Uh, they lose, of course, game one to the Panthers, and the books still keep them, but at even money. So with that being said, um, uh, let's – at, at how this series can play out. I'm curious, could it go the distance for you? Six, seven games. Here are some of the odds. Take a look at some of the odds on how you could wager this series. And I'm really curious, how would you play this? Well, the way I've played it is to take the Panthers plus a game and a half overall. And I'm feeling pretty good about that wager right now after game one. But as far as the length of the series, I think you could put down seven games. You know, this is going to be a back and forth series. I don't think the Leafs are done after game one. They've shown resiliency in the playoffs before. Uh, it's going to be a grind. It's not going to be quick. Uh, I think it's going to go pretty long. But ultimately, I think the Panthers showed you exactly why the books might have had it wrong in game one. They've got a great top line right now with uh, Matthew Kachuk and Stan Bennett cooking. Bobrovsky's playing well in goal. They've got a ton of confidence. And most importantly for me, Anita, they're punching from underneath. They're the underdog again. And as long as that's the vibe in that room, I feel like they're going to be tenacious against this Maple Leafs team. So here's an interesting way that you could bet the series that I don't hear a lot of people talk about, maybe because they don't know that it's offered. <laughs> uh, but you can actually bet a game two winner and series winner combined. Let's take a look at those odds. I'm curious if any of these tickle your fancy, Puck Daddy. Yeah, plus 250 for the Leafs winning game two and the Panthers winning the series. That's kind of spicy. If only because we saw in the previous round the Toronto Maple Leafs get their lunch handed to them in game one, and they rallied back and won game two on home ice against Tampa Bay in a pretty convincing way. So the idea that they come back split the two games in Toronto. It goes back to Florida, over in Sunrise. The Cats maybe take control of this thing. I like the idea of, of the Leafs rebounding in game two, then maybe ultimately losing the series. All right, let's talk about a team that I know is very near and dear to you, and that is the New Jersey Devils, fresh off of game seven victory against the Rangers. Now they're getting ready to take on Carolina game one tonight. But I want to look bigger picture here, right? They are minus 120 to win this series, right? They're a series favorite. Um, but there's better juice out there if you want to play the series handicap or total number of games. So what's your favorite play here? My favorite play is the money line. I keep it simple because honestly, the, the trick with this series is we don't know what it looks like yet. The Devils are going to go from being the hunter to the hunted. You know, the, their whole thing in the first round was, don't let the Rangers Stars beat us. Lock up Kane. Lock up Tarasenko. Lock up Zibanejad. Don't let him score in the power play. Like, it's a totally different assignment against the Carolina Hurricanes because this could become a real defensive struggle or it could kind of go the way the Canes went in the first round where we all thought it was going to be a bunch of one nothing games against the Islanders and the over hit more than the under. So I'd watch game one, get a sense of what this thing might look like, and then reassess. But I am confident, based on their depth, the way they're playing, the Devils will win this series. I just don't quite know how they're going to win this series. 
Yeah, I'm with you. This Devils team, mighty impressive with that comeback in the series against the Rangers. All right, let's take a look at what's going on in the West. The Las Vegas Knights actually home dogs in this series to the Edmonton Oilers, who I know you like, you fancy coming in to win this whole damn thing. Uh, they are a small dog as well in game one. Underdogs, as we know, so far in this NHL postseason are barking like it's their job this year <laughs> in the NHL. So do you think it continues in this series? No, I, I think the Oilers are the better team and, and I think they're going to win this series. Uh, the wager I made actually on this series was a player prop, Leon Dreisaitl, to lead all goal scorers in the series. He, for me, is the leading heart trophy candidate from the Oilers right now, even more so than McDavid, which might be a little bit of a surprise, but that's the way it's kind of trended. Look, this could be a situation where we have a contrast in styles. The Vegas Golden Knights trying to stop the uh, top players for the Edmonton Oilers. It's kind of like defense versus offense, save for the fact that things can get kind of wacky when the Oilers play. For example, the Los Angeles Kings are the second best defensive team in the regular season in expected goals against. They go into a series against Edmonton last round, 45 goals scored between the teams in six games. So your best designs to play a tight defensive game against the Oilers can go out the window. One, because you're going to have to chase them in, in, in the amount of goals that they score, but two, because they give you a lot. So I'm picking the Oilers to win the series, but I also think that if you're thinking about trying to go under as far as the, the total number of goals or in some of these games, maybe look to the over because things can get kind of out of hand when the Oilers play. All right, let's talk about the Kraken, right? They just seem to go into hostile environments and win. It's what they do. Yet the Dallas Stars are still the favorite in this series. Now, you and I both like Dallas coming into the postseason. Uh, Dallas right now at minus 115, even after their game one loss. So with that being said, uh, would you play the Kraken to win the series at even money? Or are you going to get a little bit more creative here? How are you going to do this? No reason to get creative. I already locked in the Stars minus a game and a half in this one. I got it in a parlay. I'm sticking to it. And I think I'm going to be okay. Look, the good news for Dallas is you know why they lost game one. Okay, they lost game one because things got weird in the first period. Jake Ottinger, for my money, the best goalie in the playoffs so far, gave up a couple things maybe he wanted back. Weird bounces, that whole thing. So you know that's not going to pretty much repeat throughout the series, right? The other thing is uh, the depth of this team is good enough where you're not going to have to rely on a Joe Pavelski hat trick to be your, in, your entire offense. They were chasing this game from like the middle of the first period on. By the time it got to overtime, they were out of gas. They're going to be okay. Mistakes were made. It happens. The Kraken are a pesky team. I still think the Stars advance, and I wouldn't be surprised if they advance in less than seven games. So we've got to talk about the Canadians, right? And I'm sure a lot of people have overreacted now, right? That you've got two teams, two Canadian teams still in the playoffs. I think John Butchigrass, I think he put out on a tweet that, you know, he's expecting a all-Canadian Stanley Cup final. Not sure what he was drinking that night, but nonetheless. <laughs> uh, there's a prop out there that you could wager um, that um, the a Canadian team will lift the cup at plus 165. Plus 165. Would you play that? I, I kind of would. I'll tell you why. Because, first of all, I think the Oilers are coming out of the West. Second of all, 
If we are to believe that things are different this time for the Leafs, and, and by different, they won a playoff round. Oh, and by the way, their arch nemesis, the Boston Bruins, have been cleared out of the road by the uh, by the Florida Panthers for them as well. There's a chance that they could advance to the Stanley Cup final. Now, a Canadian team hasn't won the Cup since 1993. It's been an amazing run for your boy. Not so much in the Olympics. They've had us there. But in the NHL, we've owned the Cup. We've kept it out of Canada. I'm worried it's going to stop this year, to be honest with you. I think the Oilers have a very good chance of advancing to the West and winning the Stanley Cup. And I do think there's a chance that if the Leafs do make it through this very, very tough round, they could play for the Cup. And by the way, as I wrote about on ESPN.com recently, Oilers, Leafs, best final on the board right now. You've got a team that hasn't won the Cup since 1967. The Boston Red Sox, the, the Chicago Cubs of the NHL. And the only thing standing in their way would be the best player on earth and his friend, Leon. Like, you could sell that to any sports fan, and it's going to be a great final. I'd like to see it. I do think at the end of the day, one of these teams is going to make the final, and I do think there's a very good chance they could win the Cup. Great stuff as always, Puck Daddy, getting us ready for the next round, of course, of the NLJ, NHL playoffs. Appreciate you stopping by here on Ben. Thanks for having me. Again, uh, Puck Daddy, uh, Greg Wyshynski joining us here on Bet LA. Actually, joined me earlier today on my Bet Digital show. Uh, but really, really, really good insight. He likes the Oilers, although they are down right now to the Golden Knights uh, of Las Vegas 3-2 as we're waiting for the second period for that puck to drop. When we come back, let's get you ready for the Kentucky Derby. It is triple crown time. Uh, and just like uh, NASCAR, uh, they start with the, it's interesting, NASCAR, horse racing and golf. Uh, they start all their majors, all their big races, all their big tournaments, uh, with the granddaddy of them all. And that is the Kentucky Derby and, uh, post time will be six fifty-seven PM Eastern time, uh, on Saturday, Dan Torgman from America's best racing and I have a discussion. Who do we like? And uh, we discuss a number of the really big storylines heading into Saturday's action. So sit tight, getting you ready for the Kentucky Derby next, right here on 710 ESPN. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks. Right now, let's get back to Bet LA and back to Anita Marks. It is time for the Kentucky Derby. Uh, it's one of my favorite times of the year. I love the Triple Crown. And again, we've, our producers, we've got Tyler and Rebecca. So, um, so I, and, and I, I know we, we just started working together this year, but I, I love horse racing. I love horses. I love animals. I love the Triple Crown. And I've been working with America's Best Racing. We're going to hear from Dan Torgman in just a second. Uh, him and I have a conversation. Again, he joined me earlier this evening on Bet. I'm going to play that for you in just a second, uh, talking about the, the Kentucky Derby and getting everybody ready for that. Uh, but America's Best Racing has this really fantastic program called Stake and Stardom. And uh, I'm a part of it this year. So in exchange for social media recognition, I get part ownership in, in a number of, of horses. So unfortunately, I don't have any that are running in, in the Kentucky Derby or the Kentucky Oaks this year. Uh, but next year and the following year, I will have part ownership in a number of horses. That's so, so cool. Yes. Uh, there's one in particular called Capital Gains. Um, she's a filly. She made her way from Ocala to Saratoga. She's And she's a two-year-old. She's going to be racing in Saratoga in August. So I'll be heading up to Saratoga to watch her race in August. So I'm really excited about that. 
but um but so i just i i love i love 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 horse racing so uh heading into this uh, what's really unique first of all 20 horses that are going to be racing on saturday for the kentucky derby and a lot of parody here because there's not one horse that absolutely stands out head and shoulders above everyone else forte is favored at three to one uh, but a lot of people are fading Forte because, you know, the odds at three to one, who knows what they'll be um, at post time. Um, so that's what's going to make this year's Kentucky Derby really exciting is the parody within it all. So, again, Dan Torgman from America's Best Racing was kind enough to join me earlier today on Bet. Let's listen in. Let's bring in Dan. Dan works with America's Best Racing. And uh, this is his first time on Bet. Uh, Dan and I have worked together in the past. So, Dan, for folks that are just seeing you for the first time, uh, please explain to them what America Best Racing is and, 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 of course, how long you've been covering the sport. Oh, so it's uh, it's been about a decade for me. Uh, America's Best Racing is all about uh, bringing new fans into the sport of horse racing and really teaching people about every aspect of the sport, including wagering, which is a big part of what I cover. I'm one of our handicappers. I'm actually headed to the Derby. We'll be there on site as part of our content team and our handicapping team. So uh, super pumped. This is our Super Bowl. We're ready to roll. It is your Super Bowl. Let's take a look. As we know, the Kentucky Derby, never, never short on horses. So let's take a look. There are 20 in the field. Oh, my goodness gracious. So, uh, and, and, and of course, where their post is, is, is so important. So keep, keep an eye on this. It show having the first post, very difficult, understandably why, 30 to 1, amongst other reasons. Uh, and so here's your first 10. Let's look at the other 10 uh, in their post positions as well. So um, in, in a number of, of course, horses that um, the great thing about what's what's happening here with this derby is that this is a very uh, competitive field. There isn't necessarily one horse that typically stands out um, that is coming in as a huge, huge favorite. There's a lot of parity here this year in the Kentucky Derby. So here we are. We just listened to your 20 horses. So, Dan, let's start first and foremost. Let's talk about Todd Fletcher for a second, right? One of the best trainers in the sport. He's got three horses in this field from position five, post position five through 15. One of the horses, just the 35th to enter the Kentucky Derby undefeated in Kings Barn. A lot of, a lot of people like, like that horse. Also the favorite, Forte, at three to one. Now, would you consider this the strongest field of horses for Fletcher that he has sent to the Derby? Well, I mean, he's won the race before, so I'm gonna go with Always Dreaming being one of his best horses since he won with that horse in 2017. Um, you know, he also won in 2010 with Super Saber. So that's Todd Fletcher. Like, he is the man. He always has a strong hand when it comes to the Derby. Um, and as you mentioned, he's got the favorite in this race, Forte, owned by Mike Rapoli as part of a partnership. And um, Forte was the two-year-old champion. So logically, he's the horse that's going to get a lot of love. The only question with him is distance. Um, we saw him going long last out in, in Florida, in the Florida Derby. And he kind of looked like he was going to be beaten in that race. And he kind of made a little bit of a late rally and got up just in time. So the question is now, with a tougher field, with a bigger field, 
Can he get the distance? Can he deal with a little bit more adversity? That's really the only question with him. Other than that, he's done just about everything right. And as you mentioned, Kings Barnes, another super interesting horse, um, a little less experienced, only has three races under his belt, but he's undefeated. And um, I think he's, you know, as the week goes on, the more I think about it, he seems like a logical horse to me. So Kings Barnes is a horse to keep an eye on as well. Yeah, a lot of people are fading Forte because they don't believe that he's got the pedigree. Let's talk about the other big trainer, and that's Brad Cox. He's got four horses in this race, but two that are considered legit threats, right? So do you like either Angel of Empire or uh, or JC's Road at this distance? So I like Angel's, um, Angel's Empire. Angel of Empire quite a bit, actually. Um, he comes off a win in the Arkansas Derby. Um, he is one who is sort of progressive. He's gotten better with each race, and really, there, there are very few blemishes. Now, what he needs, though, is a little bit of pace in front of him. So that comes to the next question, which is how will this race set up? How many horses will be on or near the lead? And will there be enough pace for a horse like Angel of Empire breaking from the 14 post to get position and then be able to kind of circle the field once the uh, the horses up front start to back up. So I think pace is a big question here. I personally think there will be a decent amount of pace, but not not, not as much to the point where I think the horses up front are necessarily going to fade. I think it's going to take a horse like Angel of Empire or Forte because they are so good and because they're so talented to actually get up and get past the horses up front. So I do like Angel of Empire quite a bit. Um, in terms of, you know, Cox's other horses, I actually like verifying a little bit. He's a horse that's overcome some trip trouble in recent races. I feel like he's got some, some upside. The only sort of, uh, you know, negative with him is that he breaks from the two posts. And typically, when you break from some of those inside posts in the Kentucky Derby, you're facing all the pressure from the horses coming from your outside. And so it's a challenging post position. But Tyler Gaffleone rides. He rode a horse named War of Will a couple of years ago. Gave him a really smart trip early in the race to save ground, get him over to the rail. I think we can do the same thing with verifying. I think he's a scary horse. And Jace's Road, we have a connection to. Um, he is part of our Stake and Stardom program, which you're a part of as well. And um, it's a really cool program in which you bring in various people from all over the media media industry and, and, and other realms um, to be involved in horse ownership. And so, um, yeah, like Jace's Road is, is a horse for rooting for in America's Best Racing. I'm sure. All right, so last year, an uber exciting race, right? Rich Strike coming in 80, 80 to 1 wins. I mean, probably one of the most exciting last quarter miles we've seen ever uh, in the Derby. Now, do you have a long shot? Maybe not 80 to 1. I know we don't see that that often, but is there a long shot uh, that you're going to take on a flyer heading into Saturday? I'm going to come close. My, my The horse that I like the most in this race is actually 50 to 1. Um, his name is Reincarnate. He's the seven horse, and um, he has done a couple of things in each race that he's run that makes me think that he's got the potential to get to the front, get to the lead right from the break, and he's going to be tough to get by. So his rider's John Velasquez, who twice in the past three years has gone to the front end and gone wire to wire with horses in the Derby. So he's got that to his advantage. And the sham stakes earlier this year, he put up opening splits that were as fast, if, if not faster, than just about every other horse in this field. So he's got the ability to get to the front. And then what I've seen in recent races is that he's faced a bit of adversity and he's overcome it in those races. Now, he hasn't won his recent races, which is why his odds are 50 to 1. He's finished third and fourth. But I think given the right setup, 
given you know the fact that he goes to the front and hopefully doesn't take too much pace pressure, I think he's going to be there for an awfully long time. You may not get 50 to 1 on him, but I think you absolutely use him in your combinations, your exactas, your trifectas, um, and you're going to get a pretty fat prize regardless. Okay, so with that being said, a lot of our viewers out here, hold our hand. Take us <laughs> to the window. What is your official play on Saturday? So I would go up, whether you're betting on your phone or whether you're at the track, I would go up and I would do a dollar trifecta box. You, It's picking the first three horses in the race, but you could add more than three horses. You give yourself a little breathing room. You could add four horses. You could add five horses. If you had four horses, it's 24 bucks. You only need three of them to come in. If you had five horses, it's 60 bucks. I'm using number seven, Reincarnate. I'm using number 17, Derma Sotagake. I'm using number 14, Angel of Empire, and I'm using number 15, Forte. And if you want to go a little deeper, add one more horse, I would add number six, Kings Barnes. Well, you mentioned Derma Sotogake. I'm going to play him to win or place. Now, folks need to understand, this is a horse from Japan, but was bred specifically for mm -hmm. the Derby. Spent time in Dubai, won in Dubai, came here, has been in Kentucky, and, you know, this is a horse proven in regard to the distance. A lot of these horses have not run this length of, of track before. Uh, look, looks good, has the feel. When you look at it, it's a horse that you just, you really fall in love with. Probably more than any other horse has that front foot, has the speed. And Dan, I really believe that if he has the right trip, very well could win this. Agree or disagree? Agree. No Japanese has ever won the Kentucky Derby, but he comes in with more hype than any other Japanese horse has ever been in the race. So uh, I'll, I'll say agree. Love it. Dan, thank you so much for spending some time with us. I really do appreciate it. Good luck on Saturday. Again, that's Dan Torgman from America's Best Racing. Uh, if, if you want more information on, on what to do, how to gamble on the Kentucky Derby, Highly recommend you check them out online, America's, uh, americasbestracing.com, americasbestracing.net, um, one or the other, I believe. Okay, we come back. We'll kick off hour number two. Uh, we'll circle back with some NBA, look beyond just the Lakers series. Fat Jack, professional handicapper, joins us next here on 710 ESPN.